This morning's second scripture reading is taken from Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 36. Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep. But since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. This is the word of the Lord. Well, today's story might be one of the most fantastical, magical stories of the New Testament. True? This, this otherworldly experience with Jesus and his disciples, Jesus being transfigured, his face changing form right before the eyes of his friends. And I was trying to think of good... Um, transfiguration images, and I went back 28 years ago to Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Do you remember that? The beast passes away, but then these rainbow-colored drops start falling from the sky, and then light swirls around the beast as he's lifted up, and light beams are actually bursting forth from his fingertips. And then his red robe swirls around him like a blazing fire. Do I have any beauty and beast believers in the house? Are you seeing that? He gets lifted up. And then he turns into that beautiful, he's transformed, transfigured back into that beautiful blue-eyed, might I note, handsome prince (laughs) staring into Belle's face. So it's interesting how modern tales like that actually echo Bible stories and how we long for transformation. We long for change. We long and hope and we pray and dream of a day when the curses or challenges in our lives are lifted off. We long for a better day, but I hope we can hear from our story today that we remember that we are not to be alone in this journey of transfiguration. We've set the scene, Jesus with his friends, up on a mountaintop to pray. And in other versions of this story, it's found in three of the Gospels, um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In other versions of the story, uh, we hear that Jesus' disciples 
are too tired to pray. And they fall asleep. And so that's why we read in our version of the story today, and while Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Jesus' friends wake up. And uh, maybe you've been woken up by dazzling light before. Maybe it's a lightning storm, or maybe it's a flickering light in the corner, or a flickering candle. Jesus' friends wake up, and they see that their retreat mountaintop has two newcomers. These old-timey dudes from 4,000 years ago, gathered with Jesus. And uh, they're talking to Jesus about his departure about his exodus, his journey of the days ahead. And we who follow the Christian calendar recognize that the season of Lent begins, and we might be on a mountaintop in Epiphany, but we realize that we're on a journey to the cross. And so it was for Jesus, this mountaintop experience, but then knowing that the days ahead of him would be full of struggle. But why Moses and why Elijah? And How in the world did the disciples recognize who Moses and Elijah were? Isn't that fascinating? Like, there were no encyclopedias in in 30 CE. And so we don't really know how they recognized Moses and Elijah. But the story goes on. Why Moses and Elijah? Well, Moses probably because he was the original one to show the way of God, or talk of the way of God. And um, in our First Testament reading that we heard today, we hear that Moses went up on a mountaintop and communed with God, and the skin of his face was shining. The skin of his face was shining. And on that mountaintop, Moses receives the Ten Commandments, which represent the law, the how to live part of God's message. And so um, I've got another uh, hopefully helpful image here just to keep this in our minds and imaginations. So we've got a big M for Moses. And Moses is probably there because Moses was the lawgiver, the original lawgiver, the how-to-live guy of the Bible. Why was Elijah there? Well, Elijah had his own dramatic departure in, in the story from the First Testament. Does anyone remember? Elijah didn't die in the natural way. But what happened? Maybe someone could shout it out. A chariot and horses of fire swept him up in a blaze of glory. So he had this pretty radical exit from the world. And so that's probably why Elijah is there. And Elijah represents the prophets. So Moses represents the law of God, kind of the how-to. And Elijah represents the prophets. Um, The prophets in the Bible were the, okay, Moses told you how to live, but we prophets are going to bug you and remind you that you're not living that way, so here's how to live it out. So it's kind of the way to live um, part of the Bible. So that's probably why Moses was on one side 
Elijah's on the other side representing the prophets. Okay, I want someone 12 years old or under to help me put this magical piece into place because this is going to blow our minds. If you thought the flannel graph was great, wait until you see this magic come together. Someone 12 or under? Uh, Timothy? Okay, Timothy. Um, So what we have here is an E for the prophets, and um, Timothy's going to help me put this into place. Do you see how that's going to fit in over there? You think, you think, you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a puzzle piece, bringing it all together. I think that's going to hang there like that. Give that boy a round of applause for solving that puzzle. (laughs) Moses, Elijah, the law, and prophets. And who's at the center? The answer is Jesus. Yes, Jesus in the center. Because Jesus, as we'll hear in the stories ahead during Lent and on our journey to Easter, Jesus is the ultimate representative of how to live, God's law. And Jesus is also the ultimate foreteller of the way to live, being a prophet in his own right. And so it's interesting that on the mountaintop in the story that we heard today, when Peter responds to Moses and Jesus and Elijah being there, he says what? Let's build a shrine. He basically starts singing that country song, If I could bottle it up, I could make a million. (laughs) If I could bottle it up. I could make a million. But what happens as he's singing that song? Poof. Moses and Elijah disappear because God says the ultimate fulfillment is happening. Because you don't need to just depend on the law of God and the words of Moses anymore. You don't have to Keep on getting beat up by, from the prophets who are telling you that you're doing it wrong and you need to try harder because I am providing one who brings law and prophets together in one person, one being, one presence, one God who will be with us, who is the lawgiver of all lawgivers, who is the prophet of all prophets, who's the one who will bring fulfillment and hope, and peace, and healing, and mercy, and love in a way that no other Moses or prophet could ever do. And so that's why after the cloud comes and Moses and Elijah disappear, the voice of God says, this is my beloved. This is my chosen one. Listen to him. And as we keep on making our way to the table of our Lord today, I hope we will keep on having our ears attuned to what Jesus might be speaking to us as a community of faith in these days. And, and I don't want to be too hard on Moses and Elijah because Jesus needed Moses and Elijah beside him as companions on the journey. 
And when we look around this room on an intergenerational Sunday and see different generations around us, I hope we can see Moses's and Elijah's around us. Take a peek to your left. Take a peek to your right. These are people who are companions on the journey for you, for me. People who can be kind of the Moses voice sometimes of saying, hey, don't forget the word of God says this. People who can be for us, the Elijahs, who can say, speak prophetically to us and show us practical ways to live this word. And so we have these Moses and Elijahs amongst us. But lest we forget, we, we, we can't bottle them up as much as you love that dear Moses or that dear Elijah who sits next to you. We don't bottle them up. We don't build a shrine for them. We let them have their role in the story. But we keep our eyes on Jesus, author, perfecter of our faith, and we listen to him. So as we keep on journeying to the table, I do encourage each one of us to listen for the voice of Jesus, to encounter Jesus even as we eat of the bread and drink of the cup today, that that encounter might transfigure us, transform us by the power and presence of the Spirit.